Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Today I'm going to speak on hope. 1 Corinthians 13. Who's been to a wedding and heard this read out? This is like the famous wedding scripture, isn't it? All about love. But at the end it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. New King James says, instead of remain, it says abide. The New Living says last forever. These three last forever. These three remain. These three abide. Faith, hope, and love. I think we're good at faith. Hebrews 11:1. 1, what is faith? The substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not yet seen or not seen. Love. 1 John 4 tells us that God is love. He loved us first and our response is to love him in return, but also love humanity, our world. But hope, I've never, I don't know that I've rarely heard messages on hope in church, have you? I've heard plenty on faith, heaps on love, but not much on hope. Maybe we've discounted hope. Maybe we haven't really understood the presence of it and the need for it in our Christian walk. My desire in preaching today is one thing, is to encourage and instill hope. My prayer as I was preparing this message is that we would leave this place, whether, whether we're listening to it or whether we're in the room today, and we would be more hopeful than when we were at the start. Hope is defined as this, favorable and confident expectation. Favorable and confident expectation. It's this feeling that it's going to be okay. If circumstances change or not, favorable and confident expectations. As Christians, we should be full of it. Sometimes we are, but I'm talking about hope today. (laughs) We should be full of hope. Like we should be the most hopeful people on the planet. This Christmas, let us be reminded of the hope we have because God came to us. Emmanuel, my friend, is over here. No, we're not here celebrating Emmanuel. Sorry, buddy. But your namesake, Emmanuel, God with us. We literally have a God that came to us, which means that we can have hope. As we celebrate the birth of Jesus, let it be birth of new hope in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits. My goal today, once again, is to fill you with more hope after hearing my words today. Paul says in Romans 15, 13, I pray that God, the source of hope. What a huge statement, God, the source of hope. Do you believe that? That God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. My first point is this, God is the source of our hope. You see, sometimes we put our hope in a lot of things, Have you done that before and found yourself disappointed or lacking or or got so far down the track where you go, I thought I had enough. I, I, I was confident in this only to find situations and circumstances to rob you of your hope. Therefore, the Christian position is one always of hope. Like I, I, I talk to so many of us, myself included, and sometimes it's so easy to be in the position of fear It's so easy to find myself in the position of sort of anxiety or anxiousness. It's so easy to find myself in the position of like, 
negativity, doom and gloom, like the world's getting so bad, can you believe all this stuff is happening? But the Christian disposition is one of hope. And I want to encourage you today, leave your fear, leave your conspiracy theories, and pick up hope, a favorable and confident expectation. Man, we've just sung a song called The Blessing because we believe in the goodness of our God. We believe His favorable and confident expectation of hope is available to us in our life. Isaiah 40, 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, will walk and not be faint. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling weary. It's that time of the year. Who's had more award ceremonies than they've needed? You should see, like, we've, we've had, like, our, our, our building is awesome here because in Ormo, it's kind of the biggest one around. So all the schools have been hiring out our building for their awards nights, their graduations. Their, our teen is nodding because she was here with Livingston this week. She's like, yep, I'm feeling you, Caleb. But there's so much on at this end. It's such a busy time and it's like we get weary and faint. But, but Isaiah had this revelation, hey, those that put their hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I believe there's a renewing of our strength when our hope is fixed in Him. I've been at Highway nearly 11 years, and the first message I remember, who met, remembers many messages? No one, thank you. I'll, I don't either. Like, Pastor Byron's going to go home and cry. Sorry, Pastor Byron. His glasses are starting to fog up. Can we get a tissue on the front row? Maybe even a modesty cloth if we still have those. But... um. One of the first messages I remember ever coming to Highway was this message from Pastor Anne and this one line that she said, she said this, she said, hope is a rope. Hope is a rope. Does anyone remember that? It's like, so, yeah, I see that line over there, Caleb. Hope is a rope. And it kind of just stuck in my head, like this is some 10 and a bit years later, I've still got this Pastor Anne message, hope is a rope. But what if we viewed hope as a rope? What if we really thought about this? And I, I sort of had this word picture rattling around in my head this week, but what if we thought of hope as a rope? You see, sometimes I think we find it easy to think as hope as a rope in the analogy of like an escape rope, like we're stuck and then hope is a rope that's thrown to us so that we can get out of this life and into the things to come. And that's cool. That's why we make acronyms up like for the Bible, like, you know, basic instructions before leaving earth, which is awesome. If you want that, that's great. But I believe in the other side of the Bible that it is so much about here and now as well. Is it about an age to come? Yes. Is my hope fixed on eternity? Yes. But hope is also here and now. Jesus lived to show us how to live now, not just to live after death. There's hope then and hope now. And hope is not just a rope to let us escape, but it's a fixed point that we can hold on to. I'm not talking about circumstantial change. Some of us, we have hope that seasons will change, or we have hope that this will come to an end, and, and that may be true, but hope is not dependent on circumstance or situation. It's not an escape rope, but an anchor rope. Hebrews 6.19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. What would it look like 
if our lives were anchored in the hope of Jesus? What would it feel like if in the turbulent seas, in the storms of life, in all this panic and craziness that honestly, we all thought would be through now? What would it look like if we were fixed in this hope of Jesus? What would it look like if we believed that we had access to his hope? What would it look like rather than our mind going to the worst possible case scenario, rather than panic and fear ruling, what if hope ruled? What if we understood that no matter how rough the seas of life got, that we had this anchor of hope and we were tied to that? Jesus had this message. He went around and he preached this message. He, he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is, is here, or, or at hand, other translations say. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. If you were living in Jesus' day, you know, you'd, you'd been alive, you, you'd sort of heard this message, repent, because the kingdom of God is here. And then Easter kind of time rolled around and Jesus was crucified, buried, resurrected, and then ascended. What changed for you in your physical circumstance? Did, was the Roman Empire overthrown? No. What if you're Stephen or, or some, some of the legends of the book of Acts in the early church? He was full of faith and anointed and appointed to serve tables, which is awesome, like, We've gone a long way since then. He knew, I love the criteria when they chose Stephen. He had to be full of faith in the Holy Spirit. You know, all these sort of things. There's a big list there. And it's like nowadays we're like, can you get a working with children blue card? Do you have a heartbeat? Yes, you're in. You can serve at church today. But then it was like this criteria, like, you know, all this stuff. And this guy was the first martyr, but his circum what I'm trying to say is his circumstance was bad but he had this hope that was bigger than circumstance. Jesus didn't just change the lives, their, their physical, external life. He changed from the inside. And I believe all good change starts on the inside. Hope on the inside. Repent. I'm not just talking about, sorry God for the things that I've done wrong. That's a side of repentance. Yes, I agree. But repent really, truly, my definition would be to change the direction of your life. Repent means, hey, I used to go this way. I used to think a certain way. I used to be involved in destructive patterns. I used to, but no, 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 I'm turning my life around and I'm going towards you, God. Change from fear to hope. Someone needs to hear this today. Stop fear. Fear, get out of my brain because my life is fixed on this anchor of hope that is an anchor to my soul. Take hope today. What changed for these guys? Not much. The Roman rule, no. Circumstances, no. But it starts from the inside out. John 16, 33, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have a cushy life. Is that what it says? Is it on there? Oh, it's on there. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This is not an easy life. Our Christianity is not a get out of jail free card. It's not a I pray a prayer and then nothing ever bad happens to me. No, no, no. It's a I have a savior 
And not only is my sin and shame dealt with, but I am filled with this hope, this favorable expectation that God is for me, that He goes before me, and that I don't need to have fear. I don't need to have let anxiety rule because I have this hope that surpasses understanding. I inherited two things from my step-granddad. My step-granddad passed away a couple of years ago, and he was a legend, like... Um, I inherited two things. The first thing I inherited from him was like a, a ring. I think it's his wedding ring when he married my grandma. His wedding ring with a sapphire in it, a gemstone. When he met my grandma, he was living out at the gem fields in central Queensland. Does anyone know where that is? And yet he had his own little claim out there. So he, he was always had sapphires. He always had these precious stones always around. And I've got his wedding ring. The second thing I inherited from my step-granddad was his bag of ropes. Because I, <laughs> it was funny. I was never allowed to touch the things while I was alive, and now I can abuse them now if I wanted to. <laughs> These bag of rope, he was like an old sort of trucky sort of guy, and then he taught me how to tie knots or you know, do a truckies hitch and all this sort of stuff, but I could never do it right, no matter how much I followed exactly what I did. According to him, I could never do it right. Does anyone know someone like that? So I did the exact same thing, but you need to redo it anyway, don't you? Just to feel, I don't know. Maybe the issue is not the issue, controls the issue, but that's a side point. But he taught me how to do a truckies hitch. He taught me all these knots to do and you know, all these ropes. They were pristine. Like You know how you get the rope and the ends were melted so they didn't fray? They were kept in a bag. They were all rolled a certain way. I couldn't even roll them up the right way. But the care that he took for these ropes reminds me that if hope is a rope, there's a care that we need to take to keep our rope intact, to keep the integrity of the rope, to keep the integrity of our hope. How do you test a good rope? Well, you put it to use. You load test it, you load rate it, don't you? Sometimes our hope is gonna get tested. And the only true value of our hope is when it is tested, what sort of load can it carry? Am I gonna lose my load at the first situation that comes or is it gonna hold on tight? My second rope story. You want to hear another rope story? I was at my mate's house, Chris. And um, maybe I shouldn't have said his name because this might incriminate some people. We were growing up. And his dad was, always seemed to be working night shifts. So every time I saw his dad, he was either waking up or asleep or half asleep walking to the toilet in the little mine house, which was a sight I want to forget because it was hot and he didn't sleep with and he clothes on, but keep rolling. <laughs> but one day he's like, Chris, Caleb, come down, I need your help. Like, oh yeah, what's up? What, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to chop this branch off from this tree because it's growing over the garden shed, right? Easy. The garden, you know, the, the pre tree branch, you know, it was pretty big. Maybe about three or 400 mil sort of diameter. Big tree branch going straight over the garden shed. And like any good, he was a electrician actually, like any smart, good person is. So what did, what did he get? He, he's like, maybe I can tie some rope on here, the boys can hold it, I'll climb up on the ladder with the chainsaw, I'll chop it off, it'll all be good. So he gets his trusty Telstra rope, Do you know the Telstra rope I'm talking about? Ties it to this branch. Us boys, like, if you know Chris, and if you knew me 15 years ago, Probably not the strongest, most, you know, brutes you want on the end of this rope. But anyway, we're there, we're holding this rope. And it's like, you ready? Yeah, ready. He's like, 
boys, take, take the strain. So we're pulling this rope, pulling this rope. He chops his branch, the rope snaps, and the whole branch falls straight on his garden shed and it like flat packs it. Like it just came like fresh out of Ikea. His whole garden shed just went like, like that, just spread out flat on the floor. We just lost it laughing like it was the funniest thing ever. So what do we learn? First of all, Telstra rope isn't that strong. But number two, we need to know the capacity of our ropes. We need to know the capacity of our hope. If hope is a rope, there are times in life where our rope and our hope gets put to the test. The value of any good rope is in its use. I've got my granddad's ropes, but if I never use them, what value are they? Yeah, I have hope in God, but if I never call on it, if I never put it into practice, what good is it? I'm going to read a fair chunk of scripture now from Romans chapter 5, so please stay with me. Romans 5 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace which now we stand which we now stand, sorry. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Verse three. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Verse five. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Verse six, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse nine, since, now, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only, not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Point number one was God is the source of our hope. Point number two, stolen from Pastor Anne, was hope is a rope. Point number three, is hope is our position. More than ever before, I keep getting asked the question, Caleb, what's your position on this? Slats, what do you think about this? Where do you stand on this issue or, or that issue? I feel like Pastor Byron, Pastor Ann, myself, all the team, we, we keep getting asked this question, Pastor Stephen Jules, more than ever before. We're aware it's been a turbulent season, to say the least. Remember being on a plane and you go through some turn and they put the seatbelt sign on? It's like, I'm still waiting for the seatbelt sign to come off. Do you feel like that? It's like our world just seems like it's a, we're in for a rough ride. It just feels like it's a little bit bumpy. We're sort of there going, man, I just want to be able to move around like I used to. I just want to be able to get up out of my seat, but we kind of don't have time for that because it's turbulent at the moment and the seatbelt sign feels like it's stuck on. But my position on anything you want to ask me, is hope. That's my position. 
What's my position on the current circumstance and situations in our world? It's hope. It's hope. Verse 4 and what I just read said this, perseverance and character produce hope. If we stay faithful, it produces character and hope. Verse 5 says, Do not, does not put us to shame. It's not based on our outcomes. I love verse 6 there. It says, at just the right time. At just the right time. My hope says, at just the right time. This is a big statement to make, but I'm going to stay, make it anyway. Hopeless is godless. Hopeless is godless. <laughs> what if the true test of our faith wasn't our church attendance? What if the true test of faith or whether we were a backslider, what, what if it wasn't how much we did this or that, but what if the litmus test of our faith or our relationship with God was our hopelessness or our hopefulness? So hopelessness is, God, is godless. If God is hope, Paul says God is a source of hope. I've already read that. So if we have no hope, then we have no God. Do you have no God? No, I have a God and he's good. So therefore, I can have hope. I can be full of hope. We are not godless, church. We have God. Therefore, we can have hope. In this current season, in this current situation, please pick up hope. The people in our world aren't looking for more fear. They're looking for hope. They're looking for hope, and we can offer hope. Hope is not based on our circumstances. I hope I've drummed that up enough. I feel like every message I preach lately, I end up reading this one scripture and I'm going to read it again because it's just so fitting for where we're at. Psalm 27, 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Church, we only lose our hope. We only lose our way if we do not believe that we're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of of the living. What I've been saying, my faith isn't a someday faith. Yeah, that's part of it, and that's important. I want to go and see my loved ones in a life to come. Amen to that. But here and now, there is hope and life available here in this season. I would have lost heart had I not believed. Number four, hope is our language. Hope is our language. When was the last time you spoke hope into a situation? Can I encourage you? It's more powerful than you think. I'm not just talking about positive thinking. Any, that, 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 you can do that without God. No, I'm talking about faith-filled, godly speech over our circumstance and over our situations. When was the last time you spoke hope? Not because you had the skills to get through or because you could manipulate the situation to make it work for yourself, but when was the last time you spoke hope because you knew that God was good, that he would go before you, that his blessing would be upon you and your children and your children for a thousand generations. What if we actually believe this stuff that we sung? What would it look like? It would be like it would come out in our mouth. You see, what we believe ultimately comes out of what we speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen? If this is full of fear, what do we speak? Fear. If this is full of anxiety, what comes out? Anxiousness. If this is full of hatred, what comes out? Judgment. No, no, no. This is full of hope. So the words that we speak are full of hope, and we speak a language of hope. Our language is hope, church. 
What would it look like if all those conversations that we constantly find ourselves in, what would it look like if you were the one that was full of hope? We could turn that situation and panic and fear around if we spoke hope. It's our language. Fear spreads, panic sells. I'm reminded at Christmas when the angel appeared to the shepherds. Let me read for you from Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Then the angel said to them, this is to the shepherds in the field, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. The message of Jesus, the birth of Jesus was crowned with peace and joy and good news to all people. What would it look like if that was our language? Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Hope has to be a language. Can I pray over us as we close today? God, I just pray, Lord, that something that we spoke about today as we opened your Bible and we read your word, God, I just pray, Lord, for a fresh infusion of your hope. God, I just pray over every life, I pray for every family. I pray for every situation. And God, I just ask for your hope to come in afresh. God, in this moment, what would it feel like if your hope trumped our fear? What would it look like if your hope covered the anxiousness that we feel? God, what would it feel like and look like in our lives if we truly believe that your hope is an anchor to our soul. God, what would it feel like in our lives, God, if we believed that we would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living? God, over every life, I pray for a fresh hope, for fresh joy to rise. And God, that would result in peace, but God, it would result in a change of language. God, that we would be the most hopeful people in our world. God, Holy Spirit, would you just minister to every life right now? Holy Spirit, for those that are really struggling to make decisions on where their world is at, God, I just pray for your hope to come afresh. For your peace to rule. And God, this year as we look forward to celebrating your birth, Jesus, that it would be marked by hope because we know what you came to do and what you've achieved for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, why don't we stand and let's worship together for a moment.